It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. We're talking about certified financial planning. So with me in the KFG Studios, CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Yeah, the value of financial planning isn't the plan creation. It's actually the plan adjustments and, and inevitably life happens and you need to respond to it. So um, this is particularly evident in retirement. And that's a phase of life that takes decades to plan for and hopefully last decades into the future. So how do you build a plan that can adapt to your changing goals? We're going to help you with that today on Wise Money. And then we've got some great questions from fans of the show. We're going to be hitting the second half of the program. If you have a question, we want to hear from you. You can reach out to us a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, just search wisemoneyshow.com, and you'll find it right there on the right. You can submit a question. And then all over social media, just search The Wise Money Show. Whether that's Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, wherever, you can find us there. Follow us and submit questions that way as well. All right, so a friend of mine, we've been planning for retirement for many years, actually, and I've been blessed to serve uh, this couple for a while. And we've been planning for early retirement, and they'd sacrifice, so they were ready. But their youngest child was still in college, uh, graduate school, and they wanted to help with that. And so we figured it all out, and he said, okay, I can transition into retirement. And while my youngest is still in school, I'll just do some part-time consulting income with the company, but at least I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm out of the game for the most part. I've just got extra income coming in to help with, with this college expense. And, and that was the plan. And, and it worked for about 12 months until the company very abruptly, and, and he was actually at this point, he was like, well, I don't know, my, my, child's going to graduate here in six months, but I could kind of keep this pace up. Maybe I'll keep this going for a little bit. And then abruptly, they just said, hey, we're cutting all consulting. You're done. That's it. End of the month is your last. We're, that, that's it. And so all of a sudden, the retirement plan, the goal changed abruptly, where it was originally that he was going to work a little bit and have that source of income for the first couple years of retirement, then stopped on a dime. And the retirement goal changed. Believe it or not, you should have a plan B for your retirement. Most people, like Kevin said, most people might have a plan that they're striving towards for retirement, but then your goal changes for whatever reason, and your plan, your finances need to adapt to how life has changed. Well, and you might not know how life is going to change either. And so even if you you have your clear picture of what you want retirement to look like, you need to hold it in an open hand and recognize this thing's going to change over time. It's going to evolve. You are entering into a phase of life that you've never been in before. Maybe you've observed family members who have done it or, or um, friends who are a, a few years ahead of you. But really, 
experiencing it and envisioning it are two different things. And that's part of the reason why we always say that financial planning is about adjusting the plan, not just setting it in stone and believing that all the planets are going to always align just right so that your plan comes to fruition perfectly. That's why I actually, just full and fair disclosure here, that's why I've always hated the word financial plan. It makes it sound like it's just this it's static, noun, right? static document. Yep. And, and you know, if I'm just a consumer out there, I'm thinking, who can predict the future? I'm not going to see one of these quacks who can just tell me this is what's going to happen and here's what I should do. Now, the big idea with financial planning is it's a process where you're making wise decisions with your finances so that you're prepared for that future that you hope will happen, but then prepared for as many other future potential outcomes that there could be. Yeah. The reason why you want to have a financial plan is that so it's so you can play chess because most of the world is playing checkers and checkers all you can just do is your next move. You sort of respond to however the person just played before you. Where, where yep. chess, you're thinking uh, several steps ahead. Right. Yep. And I and there's a reason why you want to work with a coach. In one, of, in my humble opinion, um, because if you don't like the word financial plan, Mike, I'm assuming you don't like financial planner. So oh, I'll yeah. say coach. <laughs> Can't the reason, those people. Yeah. So the reason why you want to work with a coach or a financial planner, make sure they're certified. Um, you would want to have someone who's been there before. So even though I'm I'm very, very young, I've retired <laughs> dozens and dozens of times. So I have a lot of experience. Most people only get to retire once. Some people might retire twice. On the far extreme, they might retire three times. Most people only retire once. And so you want someone who's already been there multiple times and they can help you and kind of guide you better yet a team of people collectively who mm-hmm. have retired hundreds if not a thousand times that's right you know the very best financial planning process is one that leads you to more and more options that's why the phrase the phrase uh, financial freedom comes to my mind freedom is this ability for you to have choice in your financial life to have multiple paths that you could take, as opposed to sometimes people get themselves backed into a corner by their own choices, by their own plans. They've given themselves limited options in the future. Could be because of some financial products they've put in place or some um, lifestyle decisions that they've made, real estate choices, those types of things. You can get yourself into a more rigid situation and everything has to go just one way Otherwise, you feel like the plan has failed. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, just go ahead and double tap on the left there. Because, Josh, that, that is extreme wisdom here. That, that the best plans, the best financial plans are ones where the outcome is choice and there's multiple. But the best plans also, in the spirit of one-upsmanship, <laughs> the best plans are the plans that give you financial peace. Sure. Because I was just talking to a prospective client who had made a pretty meaningful decision in their life and said, I'm going to do this. So they took this decision and plopped it onto an already very full plate. And now uh, this person is scrambling to figure, well, 
what comes off my plate and saying, I don't want anything to come off my plate. But I put this this big monstrous hairball right in the middle. So what do I do? And without having things tidied up at home, their spouse was starting to get a little uh, bothered and agitated by this decision because the spouse doesn't have clarity and confidence. Yeah. So all of a sudden, if you don't have, and what this person realized, lacking a financial plan, lacking some of the basic kind of table stakes of financial planning, lacking a budget, lacking a, a, a good idea of when I'll get to my destination, lacking knowing what my destination even should be, it, it, it can be very, very disturbing, especially because Josh said a good financial plan opens up the world of opportunities to you. The problem is if I've made commitments to this world of opportunities that I wasn't ready uh-huh. to have opened up to me yet. Yeah, well said. That's interesting. You know, I, I don't know what you said that made uh, this friend of mine pop into my head, but uh, I have a friend who made a significant career change. I mean, completely, totally different industry, um, left a, a great uh, career and started a new one, and very quickly into the new one realized, I don't even like this. <laughs> And you think, well, boy, why did you make such a drastic change without somehow testing the waters or knowing what life was going to look like down the road when you changed paths here? And the, the reality is that's a risk for every single person out there who steps into retirement because you're making a significant life change, one that you've never been down that road before. And that's part of the reason why it is so important to have a guide taking you a path that they've already traveled many times over, as Kevin has said. So all along the way, as you're planning for retirement, you may start with plan A and then get B and C and D and E. And then, you know, what actually you're shooting for is going to look very different in your 30s than in your 20s and same with 40s and 50s. But in retirement, your priorities could change. Your goals could change. We're going to talk about why and then how to prepare for it. That and more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you have a plan B for your retirement? Or are you just shooting for one option. It's the only option that can work. So life better not change. Well, guess what? Life changes all the time. And so how can you have a plan B? How can you get prepared today for whatever retirement might hold? That's what we're talking about today. This is the Wise Money Show. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. I want to say thank you to the attorneys at South Bank Legal, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of the Wise Money Show. Thank you very much. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. You can do so online. Just search wisemoneyshow.com. And then wherever you're at on social media, we are there too. Just search the Wise Money Show and follow us there. All right. So we've talked about how it's inevitable. Life will change. It will. And the right financial plan, the best financial plan, allows you to be very flexible and have multiple options so that you can adapt financially with hopefully not a lot of trade-off as life changes. All right, if we haven't convinced you, 
let's share a little bit of our wisdom. Here in the in the studio, we've got over 50 years of financial planning experience and on our team collectively, sharing wisdom of multiples of that. So what types of things come up that cause a plan B in retirement? Now, in retirement, a goal change or course change. The first one, you probably won't immediately think of, but we see it happen all the time. And that is, well, I ventured into retirement and I actually want to go back to work. <laughs> I didn't like or my, it. My spouse really <laughs> my wants spouse me to go wants. back to work. So you could have a goal change, a course change in retirement because simply you want to go back to work. Let's talk about what the pitfalls are and how you prepare for that. Well, you know, we, we kind of joke, but a, a lot of times people get into retirement and they realize, boy, I, I have so much time on my hands right now and I don't really know what to do with it. And you could eventually start picking up some hobbies or you could start, um, you know, filling your day with sometimes other people's agenda, right? They, they start giving you ideas or responsibilities that you never really wanted. And that's part of the risk of ever stepping into retirement without clarity on how you're going to use your time, what your schedule is going to look like. We spend a lot of time focusing on what's the budget going to be? How are the finances going to be structured? How will we do taxes and insurance and everything in retirement? But then what about just the practical matter of what is your life going to be poured into? How, how are you going to spend each day when no longer do you have a deadline or you no longer have a certain rigid schedule related to your work. Some people miss it bad enough that they really want to get back. Mm-hmm. They, they miss the social interactions and everything. They, hadn't, they, they didn't know what was going to replace their work when they left, and they get in and realize, you know what, I, I had it pretty good there. I, I'm going back. So what do they say? Uh, you know, a bad day on the course is better than a good day in the office. I don't know. I mean – a good day in the office is really rewarding and satisfying. And you're you're changing lives and impacting people. And when you step out into uh, into retirement, I mean, being involved in something and making a contribution, feeling that that sense of satisfaction might be some fulfillment that you say, no, I, I, yeah, I want it, that. It's very interesting to kind of study this because if 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 your end is happiness. And you think, well, if I was just done working, I could pursue happiness. If you pursue happiness, it's unlikely you'll ever achieve it. If you pursue meaning, it's quite likely you'll achieve that and end up being happy. I Mm -hmm. thought where you're going was where I've seen happiness and meaning kind of the fruit coming from serving others. And when mm-hmm. you step into retirement, you know, my, my parents, they're in retirement and they're the traditional retirement where it's they, they went to work and then they stopped. And they're very active and they chose that lifestyle. That's why they moved down south where they could be very active more uh, months out of the year. Um, but, you know, if, if, if happiness or meaning comes from serving others and you transition to in a working career where you're serving others and working with a team and then all of a sudden, you know, you're catching the prices right every day, you might not feel a lot of happiness. Mm-hmm. Or what about uh, you transition into retirement believing that happiness is going to come from more and more time with your family, but it turns out that your family – 
as the kids got launched from the nest, they scattered to the wind and they're all over the country. They're not even here anymore. So you don't have that time with family. You have to replace it with something. You have to you have to go to plan B, as we've said. So financially, though, really quick, and you know, this could have implications if you've started drawing Social Security and you're not yet to your full retirement age. So you need to assess and you need to probably talk to your coach about, okay, what's the likelihood? Let's be real here. What's the likelihood you'll go back to work? Should we structure income in a little different way early years of retirement so that we can continue to let Social Security grow? Maybe that's the plan anyway. Um, it could change some of the tax strategies Roth conversions and so on. And as I've had many people, as we've laid out the tax planning for the first stage of retirement, and they say, yeah, I think I might want to go back to work, but I don't want that to mess up the tax plan. Oh my goodness. No, the tax plan comes after, is subordinate to your vision and your goals for your life. And so you just weave the tax plan around this extra income. And so you just got to be mindful of that. But otherwise, financially, tax planning I mentioned, Social Security planning, but otherwise going back and drawing more income, earning more income, uh, you know, it's not really a negative financial impact that you need to prepare in advance for. That's right. However, can, can we look at it from the opposite perspective? Because many people go into retirement believing that they're going to have that earned income, a part-time job. They're going to do some consulting work or something like that. And actually the, the curveball that's thrown to them is that Ah, you know what? I'm done working and I really do want to be done working. I, I don't want to keep doing part-time work. Or it ends abruptly, uh, like the scenario that you were sharing, Mike. And the risk with that is if you built your financial plan saying that that income has to be there for all the economics to work, and then it stops, now we potentially have a problem that could uh, really uh, reduce your likelihood of success, and you need to make adjustments along the way. Yeah, I think of the easiest financial plan to uh, incorporate and make happen in a client's life is when we've planned all along that they'll be done at a certain age. So say that we planned they're going to be done at 60, and then they were going to have to live off their various income streams and investments, and um, they one of them goes back to work and they have extra income that we hadn't planned on. Yeah. That is an easy plan to work with clients on. The tough plan is where they planned on mostly retiring at 60, but they're still going to have, you know, they're both going to do something part-time. So they'll both make, a, you know, 15 grand a year. So there'll be 30,000 a year for the next 10 years. And they say, you know, I, I, we don't want to do that. That that becomes a, a very interesting plan to administer. And it happens so often. The statistics say that 70% of retirees believe that they're going to work in retirement, but only 25% actually do. Hmm. That's a huge gap there where potentially budgets get crunched or portfolios get tapped too early or too quickly. And um, ultimately, it could create some financial hardship down the road because your plan A didn't actually materialize. That sort of leads into the next kind of mid-course change. If you're if you're entering in retirement and you've made some assumptions about retirement, we'll spend this much or the investments will do this or we'll make these sorts of decisions and, and life doesn't turn out that way, one, one plan B could mean, hmm, I wasn't planning on going back to work, but I have to. We've, we've spent too much money or other forces, uh, other things have happened, and I need to go back to work. And as you already mentioned, 
Um, if you're already planning on that and it doesn't materialize, yeah, that's a big shock to the plan. It's also probably the number one fear that a lot of people have. If I retire, I want to be retired. I don't want to be forced to go back to work. Uh, often it, it creates fear uh, when they look at their investment portfolio. I can't handle a drop in the market because it might send me back to work. They, they remember horror stories from 2008 and 2009 of people who were too aggressive. They were overexposed to the markets and they maybe panicked when the market um, fell temporarily. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they went back to work temporarily and they, they say, I don't want to be that guy or that gal. There's actually, I mean, there, there's one tip here with this scenario is you can manage that risk with a certain investment strategy, certain investment approach, and we're going to talk about that, as well as a couple other potential plan Bs in retirement that we see pretty common. So a lot more to come here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's your plan B for retirement when you build out the five factors of your financial life to see what needs to happen for you to be on track for your retirement plan? Well, what happens when one of those things changes? When your priorities change, how can you adapt? That's what we're talking about today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us want to say thank you to Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with the Inspired Homes team. Thank you very much. Also want to remind you, if you're not listening on the YouTube channel, The Wise Money Show has a YouTube channel. Every episode is is right there. Just go to go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, and you'll see these episodes and, and the next Wise Step video series and any other uh, videos that we post out there. So be sure to subscribe to it and hit that bell for notifications. You can leave comments there as well. All right, so we're talking about how likely, how common it is that you'll have a certain vision for how retirement will go and you'll do your best to financially prepare for that vision and then it will change. Life will happen. And how can your finances adapt to that? And we talked about you might get into retirement and realize that you need to go back to work. Something changed. You spent too much. Your investments didn't perform the way you expected. Or some other emergency, something came up, and you know what? Financially, we, we need to go back to work. When it comes to the investment world, no one has any control over what the investments will do tomorrow, what the stock market will do for the rest of this year. and No one knows. But in retirement and leading up to retirement, your time horizon is, is much more important to consider. When you're trying to accumulate dollars and your time horizon is eh, decades, you know, I don't like hearing the news and seeing the ups and downs, but you know, I really don't need this money for a while. That's one thing. But when you get into retirement, those first couple years of retirement, the stock market performance, your investment performance, is probably the most important couple years of your life. And one of the ways to manage that is using a certain investment strategy. We call it the personal pension plan, where you have devoted dollars in certain risk areas and certain investments that line up to when you're going to need the money. So if you're approaching retirement and haven't considered how your investment approach needs to adjust, 
I would make sure you contact your certified financial planner. So Absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's transition. So then again, another big change, a plan B that can happen in your retirement can come out of a sudden health change to you, uh, your spouse, or a family member. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, if you envisioned the early years of your retirement being on the go, traveling, having fun, starting new hobbies, and then all of a sudden a loved one who's really kind of dependent upon you gets sick and you're, you're more anchored to this location, you got to be accessible, available to support somebody. Could be your spouse, could be a parent, could even be a, a son or a daughter or even a grandchild, whoever it is. Um, you're kind of forced into plan B when your lifestyle has to change so that you can be supportive to to these individuals. That happens an awful lot. In fact, um, sometimes plan B begins before plan A even got started. You know, sometimes, the, well, not sometimes, the number one reason why people retire earlier than they thought is because of either their own health issues or health of a loved one. Uh, have a loved one in my family whose retirement plan was always, well, I don't need to save as much because I'll work in retirement. And, and you know, last week's show was about the side hustle. And this particular individual had three side hustles in addition to his main hustle. He loved to work and be involved in different things. And that all changed when he was disabled mm-hmm. in his late 50s. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of, well, don't need to save as much because we're going to have this income in retirement, that that left suddenly and not didn't leave enough time for them to prepare for plan B. Yeah. So uh, th- those are heartbreaking stories. And it again, it's it's the fear of living that out that often drive people to maybe retire a little bit before they're fully ready because they just don't want to experience the first years of retirement being kind of the end of their freedom, actually, because of health reasons or death of a spouse. You know, you only live once or I'm not guaranteed a tomorrow. These are phrases that people often use when they're making decisions on things like Social Security or when they retire. And we we try to encourage people to also recognize the opposite end of that spectrum where you may live much longer than you ever thought. And so you're, there has to be a balancing act between yeah. between these two objectives. Yeah, and oftentimes we see there's a big life event right after someone retires. So you have your retirement plan, plan A, this is what it's going to look like. And then that, and I, it seems like most often it's a either a health event or some sort of family issue that comes up and they are drawn into that. And that is not what they'd planned on doing, but it's what they do. Mm-hmm. And because they're responsible. And so they look back and I can't tell you, I, if we were talking about the most common phrases heard in a financial planner's office, I think the most common uh, phrase that I've ever heard is, oh my, I wish I'd started this sooner. Mm-hmm. So that's the most common phrase. But when it comes to retirement, I think the most common phrase that I've heard is, I have no idea how I could have been working yeah. and dealt with this issue. Right. Yeah. And, exactly and that right. what a great response. That, that has more of a gratitude approach to it 
recognizing, you know what, I have freedom with my time because I'm not working for a paycheck anymore. And so I can be available to family members who need me, as opposed to you could get real pouty and real angry that life kind of really threw you a curveball. And now you don't get to do the things that you want to do, but you get to do the things that are meaningful, that matter. And at the end of your retirement, when you look backwards and and you say, hey, how would I judge how this retirement went? You're going to be thinking about the time that you had with people or the, the impact you had on other people's lives, not did I get to take all the vacations that I had pictured mm-hmm. or do all the house projects that I had hoped. Yeah. So the last one that I had sort of it found its way into that last comment there, and that is, you know, a lot of times plan B deals with a family change and that's either helping elderly parents, but it could even be helping to raise the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and for some people that means helping out a little bit in the summer. Thanks mom and dad. Or <laughs> it could mean, you know, son or daughter had, um, had a, had a child before they were married and the relationship fell apart or, or it got divorced. And, and actually, grandma and grandpa are really, really playing a major role in raising their grandkids. And whew, that changes your retirement very, very quickly. So how do you prepare for that financially? Making sure that you've prepared enough so that you've got lots of options, you can be flexible. But it's also making sure that you're not delaying all happiness and, and, and expecting that your retirement is, is when you're going to be happy. Um, making sure that you've got balance. We've already said that, but making sure that you've got balance. Not that there won't be any happiness and fulfillment and raising the grandkids or being very involved in their life, but you might not have the freedom that you thought you would. You know what? What an important topic to talk about with your certified financial planner, though. You know, this, this idea that someday in your retirement, you may have other people who are dependent upon you whether that is a disabled son or daughter, uh, I, I know in my own family situation, I expect someday that I may have a dependent brother who, I, I don't know, will he live with me? Will I support him in some way? But my retirement plan, my overall financial plan has to reflect the fact that it's not just about me. It may be about helping other people. And that that gets into some pretty intimate personal things. And and that's why your relationship with your certified financial planner needs to be one of the most trusting relationships that you have on the planet, because they're helping you align your dollars with the things that matter the most, whether it's plan A or plan B. I'm just thinking of the the potential planning implications there. Kevin, even before we started uh, recording, you were talking about a scenario where the how the plan changed in retirement meant, okay, no, we need to pay down this mortgage so that you have freedom to do these other things. And Josh, I'm even thinking that too. I mean, if you're preparing that you might need to financially support someone, you might look for how can I get financial freedom faster? So all of this has a planning element and you need to be working with your certified financial planner to get there and incorporate it. So got a great question coming up about how much of your finances you share with your kids. That and more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by... 
the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KSU studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything and spent any time listening to podcast, you'll find the Wise Money Show on podcast. Wherever you listen, just search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and make sure that you know every week the episode floats right to your phone or wherever you listen. I'd even rate it as well. Leave a comment, leave a question as well. That, uh, that gives us great feedback. We appreciate it. All right, we're transitioning into questions from fans of the show. And my the first question here is actually from a friend of mine, Rebecca. She's in her 50s in, in D.C. And we were talking the other day, and she she asked this question. And she even said, hey, this is a radio show question. And, uh, and so here's what she asked. How much of our finances should we explain or divulge to our children? And my husband and I were in our, in our 50s, and our kids are young adults. But if something happened to us, they'd really be up a creek is the term that she used, really not know where to begin. So how much do you share? That is a great question, Rebecca. Thanks for asking. And I would consider the 40-70 rule. The what? 40. <laughs> Are you doing math like uh, Mike on the yeah, radio here? Yeah, no, we're not supposed to do math on the radio. <laughs> That's funny. But if you add 40 to 70, you get 100. <laughs> no. no. Uh, the 40-70 the rule is that by, your, by the time your adult children are 40 or by the time you're age 70, your finances should be fully disclosed to your children. Interesting. I've never heard you say that before. So, um, so then you say, okay, I, if I'm 50, should I fully disclose my finances to my children? No, but you should have your finances organized and structured in a way that on a moment's notice, they could be fully disclosed to not only your children, but anyone that would need to step in and, uh, and help. So this is where we talk about the importance of having your financial life organized so that it's always decisionable. But it really, you want to have your financial life organized in, in a manner that it's always communicable. Mm. Communicatable? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just go with it. There's Say a, it with confidence. There's a 50 Kevin. cent word in there. Um, <laughs> you know what, though? It, generationally, um, the, the 47 70 rule, is that what you said? 40 70 rule, um, that's a more recent phenomenon if it is occurring. I mean, you, you go back a generation or two, and it was more like the 100 70 rule. If you're 100 years old or your kids are 70, then you disclose, <laughs> right? No, but against it your will. Not a, it was no, a not it, a rule. It, 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 it would never tell you anything. It was the no, no rule. <laughs> like, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old I am. We are not talking about it. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. something. And, and I get it, it um, because I've read where financial, other financial planners have said, listen, you really need to disclose to your children, disclose what you're making, disclose what you set aside. Um, disclose what they are likely to get, and I think there, you you could you could really neuter someone's financial drive by telling them, look, you're going to be getting 
this amount of money. And if you've ever seen someone who uh, has a trust, and, and <laughs> I thought you were going to say who's been financially neutered. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. I, <laughs> That this is this is the example. If you've ever seen someone who has a trust and they're just waiting around for the next disbursement from the trust, yeah. and they've really been kind of robbed of their drive and and their own desire to make it happen on their own, it's a it's a tragedy when you see that. So I would be very careful. Now I think you could, in general terms, if you're not yet seventy or your children are not yet forty. I think you could explain to your adult children, hey, your mother and I have made provisions for ourselves, so there will be a time when we're going to be done working, and our goal is to be done working at age 60, and then we want to live wherever our grandchildren are, so please buy a big enough house and, and <laughs> make sure that we're moving. Weathers. Yeah. yeah. So, so whatever, whatever it is and, and even uh, say, Hey, listen, we've got long-term care insurance. So you aren't going to have to provide for us or in the event that there does need to be a provision made. Um, these, these provisions have or have not been made. And so, and there are, there are tons of resources online if you want if you ever wanted to have a family financial meeting. But I would be careful about what to disclose because sometimes, you know, even as my children were growing up, I was ready for them to be ready for things way before they yeah. were ready. So, you know, you get the you get the boy's bike and, uh, you know, the oldest boy can't, touch both feet on the ground with his yeah. tiptoes and you're like, nope. But they've got the fastest racer that money can buy. Uh, right. <laughs> and you're like, nope, he can't ride that because <laughs> in the event that he needs to stop, there's a problem. Yeah. So yeah. so a lot of times as a parent, you may be ready before your children are ready. And hopefully uh, as you age and, and grow in wisdom as a parent, you'll be, you'll be ready to uh, just be careful about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think all three of us could probably think of stories of, of folks who found out what mom and dad have as far as financial resources, and they kind of extrapolate out into the future and realize, hey, you know what, I, I don't think they're going to use all that money. There's a good chance some of that's coming to me. And to, to your point, Kevin, it can mess with someone's mind if they haven't established already clear habits that are going to develop their own financial future, they might just be sitting back waiting for the leftovers from your financial future. And, and that's a dangerous thing for any parent because you're, you're trying to raise future uh, adults who are self-supporting, uh, independent, and financially free. But if your financial freedom makes them Un, uh, no longer desire to even go pursue that for themselves, then you've hurt them ultimately. Yeah, right. But, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, <clears throat> Kevin, to watch your relationship with your oldest son, Josh, as he's kind of um, left your home um, and, and is out on his own in the Army now. Um, your interactions with him have changed this is my word. I don't know mm -hmm. if you would use it or not, but it, it feels more like you're playing the role of a mentor almost. And he's coming to you for advice on things. 
And what I've often heard you say uh, in, in so many words is, hey, here are the principles, Josh, that you need to be relying on. And that's different than you just telling him about your own financial life. To, to share with your kids the why behind you, the moves you make or the things you've put in place, as opposed to sharing the dollars and cents, um, that's more instructive to a, a young adult who's trying to figure out how, how to go. Many of those lessons, I'm, as you said, you would have gladly shared with your kids while they were little tykes or while they were teenagers in your house. Mm-hmm. But when they're ready, now you can share these principles and it can be life-changing for someone. You don't have to share the details of your balance sheet or your bank statements with them for that to be meaningful in their life. I um, get most of my good ideas from the show by looking at Josh's notes. Just <laughs> want to disclose that. Uh, and I see the term estate plan written there. Um, estate plan doesn't follow the the forty seventy rule, right? I mean, you disclose, as you're saying, Kevin, um, that, hey, yep, we've made provisions and here's sort of we've got our, our our financial plan is always communicable our financial life um, you'd also just want to mention the estate plan is too and you might even mention if if individuals if individuals are supposed to play a role you might mention that as well even mm-hmm. if they're not yet age 40 sure yes and the the flip side of that is if you mention that, and it creates World War III in the family, <laughs> yeah. then you might not want to mention that. Yeah. You, yeah. So you, you might want to keep it at a level where you say, hey, listen, we've, we've worked with this law firm and this financial planner, and our trust is established, and it's funded. Yep. Um, and the, the, uh, the details to come. Yeah. Well, great. Great question, Rebecca, and thanks always for your friendship and listenership. And um, But that is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.